Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. All right, welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. This is your host, Court Dunn, here. And today we actually don't have a guest. Today we are going to do something special. We've had a lot of learnings. We've had a lot of great guests from various uh, walks of life and who have worked on really great projects. And uh, there are a lot of great learnings in there. So we wanted to actually, as this is our 25th episode, go back, look through those episodes 1 through 24 and pull out all those insights, those valuable nuggets of information that inspired us and that we think would really inspire you. So we hope you take something away from this and uh, enjoy the show. Today, I'm very excited to introduce a very special guest, Alan Dean Foster. Um, Alan is an acclaimed writer of fantasy and science fiction. His works include Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the first Star Wars expanded universe novel, originally written to be filmed as a low-budget sequel to Star Wars if the original film uh, was not a success. He also wrote the story for Star Trek The Motion Picture and more than 20 standalone novels, including the Humanx Commonwealth novels, Ice Rigger Trilogy, and Spellsinger series. I think it really comes down to, to uh, discipline. If you tell yourself you're going to write one, what I tell students, beginning writers, who have trouble with it is, I said, look, write one page a day. Just write one page a day. You'll be surprised how much more you might write. But don't worry about that. Write one page a day, even if it's junk. Once you finish page one, don't go back and worry about how bad paragraph three is on page one. Write page two, and then write page three, because you can always go back and fix page one and fix page two. The important thing is to get the words down on paper and get the story moving forward, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or a poem or whatever. People will obsess over getting page one correct while they're working on page one, when it's much more important to get to page 10. But people, people worry. They say, well, this is no good. You know, I don't have any idea where I'm going with this, and I, I don't think this character is working. You can go back and fix any of that. That's what editors are for in motion pictures and television. And you can do that, too. It's much more important to get from page one to the end of your story than it is to fix each page as you go along. And that's where a lot of people get bogged down. They'll get, let's say you get to, let's say you're writing a novel, and you get to page 50, which is a fairly fairly substantial way into your story, and you don't like the way the story's going, and you don't like this character or that character, just push on through to the end. You can always go back and fix it, even if you have to rewrite the whole thing. At least you'll have words in front of you. And if you can't bear putting down words on a computer or words on paper, get a little dictaphone, which they have wonderful ones now, and talk your story. And don't worry about the grammar. And don't worry about the punctuation. And don't worry about paragraphs. Just talk your story. I don't know how many people I've told this to, especially people working on nonfiction who are worried about continuity and chronology. So don't worry about all that. When you have an idea, when you have a thought, something you want to tell, talk it down. And then you plug it into your computer these days, and it'll transcribe it for you. With, with the machines we have now, there's no excuse for procrastination. The other thing to remember is that your life hinges on very small decisions. I was not supposed to be a writer. I had never given any thought to being a professional writer. I was supposed to be a lawyer. 
And I went to UCLA on that basis and worked towards a degree, a bachelor's degree in political science. As preparation for going to law school, I was admitted to School of Law at USC and at Loyola. And I was down to choosing the two when almost on a whim, I thought, well, I'll apply to the graduate film school at UCLA, the writing program, see if I get in. My rationalization was, well, for the masters from UCLA, I'd probably get into any law school in the country because they know you can do postgraduate work. And if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't gotten in to the UCLA graduate film school, I would have gone to law school. I might still have written some things, but I doubt I would have written anywhere near as much as I've written. And I certainly wouldn't have had as much fun and would not have seen as much of the world as I have. You know, it would have been a good life, but it wouldn't have been nearly, nearly as good a life as the one that I've been fortunate enough to have. So find something you like to do and uh, don't be afraid to make changes in life if, uh, if something comes along and tempts you. Today we've got Jim Zub on the line. Uh, Jim is a writer of comics, Avengers, Dungeons and Dragons, Champions, Figment, Samurai Jack, and Wayward, among many others. Yeah, I always get people ask about writer's block or right. you know, whatever. I don't have like some killer payoff for that. <laughs> you know, like I tend to, as much as possible, try and like write my way out of it. Like just getting material down is always better than than not. Even if you think it's crap, even if you think it's uh, not ready yet, having something there you can look at that you can, you know, plant a flag in the ground, even if it's in the wrong spot, at least you can measure against it and sort of go, oh, this isn't right at all. But now I know that this isn't working. I can go in another direction. I can, I've got this out of my head mm-hmm. and I can, you know, take another stab at it or come at it from a different angle. I think that, you know, when I hear about people that they just stop completely and they walk away from something, I'm like, well, there are times when you want to let the stuff sort of gestate and, and, you know, marinate for a bit before you take another stab at it. But if you just leave it completely, you're not going to make any progress. Today's guest is Mike Zagari. So Mike is a highly experienced creative executive focusing on leadership and motivation of creative teams, studios, and individual development, and is currently uh, an executive director at AMC Networks. Write what you're passionate about. Um, you don't necessarily, this is where different, you don't necessarily need to be the target audience of what you're writing, but you need to be passionate about it and you need to respect your, your, your audience and, and kind of pick up that passion and put it into you know, what, what you're actually doing. People, when, whoever reads it or watches whatever you write, um, they, they will know immediately whether you're really passionate about it, that's really going to shine through. So that's that's sort of the key crux, and it's been what's the crux for my entire career. Today's guest is Ed Brisson. Ed is a Marvel exclusive writer, uh, best known for Iron Fist, Old Man Logan, Extermination. The list of his works goes on. So 2013, March 2013, I was at a show called C2E2 in Chicago, which is a comic book convention, and I had had print copies of murder books that I brought along with me. And being in Canada and doing a show in the U.S., I try never to bring books back with me. So I always try and bring as much of it I can just sell at the store, at the show. And at the very end of the show, I had like three issues of Murder Book left, issue one, two, and three. And I was just packing up my table, and there was a woman walking by, and I just said, hey, you know, I'm going back to Canada. I want to bring these with me. Do you want some free comic books? And she 
She said, yeah, she took them. You know, I didn't think anything of it. So about two months later, she emailed me and I didn't know when I handed her the books that this woman was an editor for Marvel. Whoa, that's crazy. And so she had bought them back, read them, liked them, and then offered me like a two-issue fill-in on a book called Secret Avengers. Going to cons is definitely a good thing. Like, get out to cons. Uh, I know, like, this is going to sound sort of dickish, and, it, and it's not meant to. But uh, right now, there is a con in every city, you know, every weekend. I would, if you're trying to get into comics, I would focus on going only to sort of the bigger shows, which would be like C2E2, uh, New York Comic Con, Emerald City. Those, like, those are kind of like the three big ones. Like San Diego is the big show that everyone knows about, but it's so easy to get lost in the noise there. Even when I go there, I don't even see half the people I'm supposed to see. So like, it's really, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend San Diego for someone trying to break in, but New York, uh, Emerald City and um, and C2E2 are good just to go sort of shop around and meet other creators. Today we've got another special guest, Chris Arendt. Chris at Chris Arendt on Twitter, editor at Newsarama, formerly Life, Marvel, MTV. And Chris is also a friend. For people that go to conventions, uh, once they go to enough, they'll realize that all the real networking and like community bonding between comics creators and publishers takes place at the hotel bar like right after the convention ends. There's all sorts of meetings. Like you'll see people that you'd be surprised are talking to one another, like having dinner. Like like you'll see Marvel people talking to DC people. You'll see, I don't know, just uh, creators you wouldn't expect like uh, mingling together. Like and it's also like a good chance just to meet people who you normally wouldn't meet and get to have honest kind of conversations with them where they're, um, they're not um, kind of working on the convention floor. Because when they're on the convention floor, that's, that's their job. They're basically selling books or doing it as a kind of marketing for you to buy their product that's on show. So getting to the bar and just mingling and networking, it's like an off-the-clock thing, but it's a real good way to network. Kind of working online doesn't really fulfill that. Today we've got another very special guest, Mark Bernardin, writer of Things That Go Boom, co-host of Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman, Castle Rock writer, occasional journalist, dazzling urbanite, lightweight, famous. I always like to read the Twitter bios of my <laughs> guests. The plan, in as much as there is ever one, is to keep working, you know, is to keep writing, is to keep um, hoodwinking and tricking people into paying me to do it. <laughs> and uh, Which you've done and- so far. I've, I've done a halfway decent job at it so far, but momentum is everything um, in as much as, you know, the thing you can control is the work that you do, but whether anybody's willing to look at it is out of your hands. And, uh, you know, for me, I think that the secret sauce to that is momentum, is, you know, building quickly, rapidly on one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So in this whole pursuit and dream of continuing to do television, um, it's all about the next thing. So, and fingers crossed there are some good next things on the horizon. Today's guest is Rosie Knight. Rosie is a writer who covers comic books, film, TV, and pop culture for Nerdist. Uh, Women write about comics and slash film. She also writes comics. Uh, Her most recent stories can be found in Fever Coast in the series Cougar and Cub. Uh, Rosie is also a lapse poet and also has spoken about her perspectives as both a critic and a creator on panels at conventions, including SDCC, NYCC, WonderCon, and LA Comic-Con. It sounds very corny, but just like be true to like yourself and what you like. Like there's no one else who likes stuff in exactly the same way as you or who 
uh, loves and is passionate and has the knowledge base that you do. And if you stay true to that and you can be a critic and you can think about things objectively that you love and you can make things that you love as well, like you're very unique and you're, yeah, you're, you basically are an asset to wherever you work for. So just remembering that and not trying to like compromise what you want to write about or what you think interests people, because there'll definitely be something that you love that you know about that they don't have anyone else who knows about and loves that thing in the same way. Today's guest is Jason Ward. Jason is the editor in chief for makingstarwars.net, a Star Wars blog uh, run by a group of Star Wars enthusiasts and friends uh, with the purpose of discussing Star Wars news uh, behind the scenes on both its website and its podcasts. Well, my number one advice would be to write for yourself because the times that I have had bad experiences and the times that I felt like um, ashamed of something that I wrote or whatever, I feel like I didn't do it for me. I feel like I did it for, for some other reason or for someone else or, you know, to make something else happy or whatever. And I feel like on the, on the other times I've gotten in trouble, but I did it for me. I, I, I could live with it. You know, there was no guilt and there was no shame and there was no, um, there was no reason to, um, second guess myself other than that was my, that was my choice to, 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 to make, you know? And I also think you should sell your legend, if you will, but like, don't believe it. You know what I mean? Like I get a lot of people who are really into the spoilers that I did and, and really like love it. I'm totally down to, to, to sell that idea of, yeah, man, that's what I do. Read my site. That, that's my thing. At the same time, like, I don't think I'm like the uh, James Bond of Star Wars. Spoilers, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, you know, s- sell your, sell your legend, but don't believe it, I guess is the number one, like, advice. <laughs> Today's guest is Joseph Malazzi. Joseph is the showrunner for Dark Matter, uh, an executive producer and a writer. He also worked on Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, and Stargate Universe. It's easy to say, much harder to do, but really have confidence in yourself and your abilities. I mean, it, and, and I think it's, it's almost a subconscious psychological thing, but if you go in and you're not confident and you have that kind of air of desperation, there's kind of that sense of weakness that people will pick up on. But if you know your stuff, you know, if you know your show, if you feel confident, go in, pitch your heart out. And if they don't like it, don't take it personally. Um, they're missing out. Uh, you know, just just go back home, you know, look over the pitch. If, if you felt that, you know, you could have done something better the next time, kind of rehone your pitch and come back. But just, you know, a lot of this industry is, is, is really, A, having confidence in your ability, and B, just being able to, to really, you know, stick it out. Just, you know, kind of that, that fortitude of, of, you know, to, to, you know, not give up, no matter how uh, desperate the times may seem. Today's guest is BJ Mendelssohn. BJ is a keynote speaker, an author, and a comic book writer. His books include Social Media is Bullshit from St. Martin's Press and Privacy and How We Can Get It Back from Curious Reads. Like I said, I've had the health issues all my life. I've had uh, the OCD all my life. So it's very easy for people to say, maybe you should try something within your, you know, within your reach. Um, 
but you know, I, you just, you just go and you do it. I'm not, I'm not saying the thing I say in the presentation is uh, I'm not, if you, if you think that you're a creative, you are a creative. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be the next LeBron James because, you know, that, that's genetics and hours and hours and hours of dedication and hard work. But you could still take a shot at anything that you want and still come pretty close to hitting that target. Today on the Writer Experience Podcast, we've got Jermaine Lucier. Jermaine is an entertainment reporter for Gizmodo and io9 and formerly Slash Film. But I always thought, like, you know, if you can get your foot in the door, if as long as you don't, as long as people aren't taking advantage of you, um, writing at all and getting people to read it is a good thing. So I, uh, I would always say, you know, what, if you can get people, if you can write and get people to read it, whether you're getting paid or not, that's pretty good payment. Um, obviously, you want to get paid. You want to get some kind of uh, incentive. So I wouldn't advocate doing it for too long. But as a way to get experience, I tell people that I think it's a good thing. Uh, and I'm definitely in the minority of that. But I think it's because I'm a product uh, that proved that it works. Today's guest is Murr Lafferty. Murr is a novelist known for Solo, Six Wakes, a Hugo and Campbell winner, uh, and a podcaster known for I Should Be Writing, and Ditch Diggers. She's also the co-editor of the magazine Escape Pod. The large one is Don't Quit. And it sounds so easy, but considering how many people I know who quit and the fact that I quit for like 10 years after college, it's sad. And so many people think that if they're not good writers now, they never will be. And they don't think of it like a skill that you work at, like any other skill in the world. So if you don't quit, you've got a much higher, I mean, you've at least got a non-zero chance of succeeding. And if you quit, you've got a zero chance of succeeding. The micro thing is one thing that um, people don't actually talk about this very much. And, and when it occurred to me, it, it's, it's one of those little plot things that I see everywhere, which is most stories need to have an external conflict and an internal conflict, which is why, say, using um, series, uh, like detective series, whether they're magical or, or uh, non-magical type stuff, you know, you're, you've got your detective with their own personal issues. You've got them, just to use the, the cliche gumshoe thing, you've got the older man who is an alcoholic and has three ex-wives and can't get along with anybody. And that's the, the micro, the internal conflict that's going to be there in every single story. And then you've got whatever crime he's trying to solve as the big external story. But people aren't going to be interested in the external story if you don't make the internal story something that is something they can root for you to fix. The internal conflict has got to be really engrossing for, to make people care about the characters. And if they care about the characters, then they'll care about the external story, which is the plot of the whole book. Today's guest is Christopher Webster. Christopher is the head writer and co-founder of StoryFix Media, a contributor for Screen Anarchy. Bloody Disgusting, and Quiet Earth, the author of the book New Horizons, and a writer of the TV series Dark Web. I remember listening to a podcast with Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. And, you know, he basically said, said it that, like, you know, if you're going to be a novelist, like, you need to be um, aware that you are competing with YouTube and, you know, um, Netflix and and all the entertainment that anyone could ever want. So you have to write readable books, books that people want to turn the page. You need to, like every page needs to be interesting enough that someone wants to turn it. Otherwise, they're just going to go watch whatever, 
you know, they're, or they're going to read a comic or they're going to do something else. You know, novels have a, have a, uh, a hard road in this, uh, new media age. Right. So, you know, I took that to heart for sure. And so writing mystery, I mean, it really is doling out information in such a way that people feel satisfied that they're getting, uh, the information that they, that they want and, and the reveals that, that, that are intriguing and satisfying, but that, and certainly this, this is the, how they managed it and lost was every time they answered a question, it, it asked two more questions. And so the mysteries compounded until you, they sort of snowballed until the very end. And uh, so I, you know, that's really the strategy, I think. Today's guest is Mark London. Mark is CEO and writer of Mad Cave Studios, an independent comic book publisher for Miami, driven by madness to create uniquely compelling and diverse comics. Their comic books include Battle Cats, Midnight Task Force, and Knights of the Golden Sun. I would probably say get the right people on the team, people that see the world like you do, um, people that are going to help you uh, become better, um, that are going to understand exactly what they're doing. Um, because sometimes with, with, with this type of projects, that is hard, that there's so many moving parts. If, if you don't have the, the, the right people, if you, if you don't get uh, in sync with, with all of them, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to actually make something out of it. So try to, to really know the people that you're working with. Um, you have your bad days, you have your good days, sure. But you know when there's somebody on the team that, that really can, can help you this, uh, to the next level. I and mean, if people can try to identify earlier on, um, you're basically going to, to strive um, earlier than not later. Today on the show, we've got Athena Finger. Well, I mean, there's closure as far as the fact that Bill has his credit. His name is attached to his creation. And that's the ultimate goal. So yes, there is closure. I mean, that doesn't just because you have closure doesn't mean that life stops. I mean, things continue to always change. So the fight to get him credit is over, but that doesn't mean the fight's over. Definitely. So many people out there that are in the same situation. There's so many other situations that are still being fought for. So I mean, there's closure, yes, but you know, it is what it is. Life goes on. Keep at it. Today's guest is Jonathan Lloyd Walker. Jonathan is a writer, producer, creator, and actor. Most recently, you can see him in the Hollywood features Red, The Thing, uh, the hit Canadian TV series Continuum, and he'll be playing the role of Big John in TNT's Snowpiercer, a futuristic thriller based on the acclaimed 2013 movie by the same name. Jonathan is also the executive producer of Van Helsing and also the executive producer of Woo Assassins, which you can see uh, on Netflix next summer. I think that you have to be incredibly driven and disciplined about continuing to push yourself and to learn and to grow and to take advantage of every opportunity that's given to you because no one ever gets handed this. It, you know, it's very rare to be in a situation where unearned, you're just given a great opportunity. Um, so much of acting is, you know, this is, sounds a bit cliche, but so much of acting an actor's job more often than not is, is trying to get work, not actually doing the work. So they spend so much time rehearsing. They spend so much time in scene study. They spend so much time auditioning for jobs that they don't end up booking that the actual work part where they get to be on set and in front of the camera is this tiny part of what they do. And so the rest is very much in their control to work their craft, 
to be disciplined about it, to try and always to learn and improve, never believe that they know more than they do. Uh, and even if they know a lot, be prepared to learn some more. And that is a work ethic that I think every actor should have. And I think it goes for writing too. You can't claim to be a writer or, or that you're ready for an opportunity unless you've really been working on understanding and honing your craft and, and writers write. And there's lots of procrastination involved. There's lots of times where you feel blocked or, you know, you feel like you're not worthy or not good enough, but writers write. I can remember early in my writing career, I would often call my agent up and go, Hey, nothing's happening for me. Why aren't you calling me with opportunities to go and get hired on jobs? And she said, well, what are you doing to write material that I can send to people to show them that you're a good writer? And I was like, Oh, right. You can't just market me on the basis of what I've done. I have to continually be showing you what I'm capable of now. So writers write and you have to continue to work and push and have a good uh, drive and it'll take you places. Today's guest is David Michael Latt. David is CEO of The Asylum, uh, which is known as Hollywood's most prolific independent film studio. He's also the producer of the Sharknado films, One to Six, uh, Z Nation, Netflix's Black Summer, and as he describes in his Twitter bio, 250 other films you've never heard of. So I have a few pieces of advice to do what you want to do with, um, but it really is the lens of a genre filmmaker, a genre producer, which is, um, if you're writing a genre film, uh, basically write your film, do your traditional three Um have people reread it and read it, don't ever give them a little first trap, even if they're, you know, if it's like, hey, my friend's a producer, they'll read it, like, I'm going to give them all these that. So you can make them gear on this thing just to get it absolutely phenomenally tight and fantastic with great characters, great action, great everything. It is the best, most Oscar-worthy script ever. When you have that script in your hand, you're finally done, take the first two acts and throw them in the trash. Because the genre script starts at act three. That's it. I mean, you know, you want to grab them when the monster's chasing them, when people are dying, <laughs> when the world's coming to an end, when the pressure is really tight in the beginning and gets really freaked out towards the end when you know you can't I mean these are you know that's like the biggest piece of advice we write in genre film. Today we've got news editor Steve Say from JoeBlow.com, also host of the Talking Comics podcast, also pancake enthusiast. Lord of the Snuggle, Canadian by proxy. For people that are looking to be writers and to write for websites and stuff like this, here's an all, also a little aside. I didn't get the gig um, two times. So like I submitted my This is idea. at Joe Blow or? Yeah, okay. yeah, this was at Joe Blow when I first when I first pitched my animation, the Ink and Pixel column to them. And it was rejected. And they said, we like this, but we want to do this with it. Can you change it to be this? And so I had to send it back to them two times before finally on the third time, they were like, yeah, like this, this fits, you know, welcome aboard. Um, it's a bi-weekly spot if you want it. And so I took it and I wrote it for like five years. And then um, when the opportunity to came, came to move up, uh, I took it. You got to be open to criticism, whether it be for a podcast or whether it be writing professionally or anything like that. Like you're writing for Joe Blow, like writing for yourself is one thing. And it's all just kept on your laptop, your computer. Maybe you've shared it with a friend. But, you know, every time that you post one of these articles, it's going out to the world, you know, and and regardless of your of your viewership, which, you know, Joe Blow has been around for 20 years. Like it's the, the reach is vast. So when you're in this position to share this stuff, like 
you got to make sure that you're on point. Today's guest is Joseph Illich. Joseph is executive editor at Valiant. Previously, he was also the senior editor at Lion Forge, editor in the Batman editorial group at DC Comics, editor at Milestone, and editor at Archaea. Love stories. Love stories and understand that stories are the priority. Ego is not the priority. Stories are always the priority. And characters, because basically, you know, these stories are are vehicles for understanding each other, understanding ourselves, and sometimes making it to the next day. Um, I've read so many stories where people say, these comic books changed my life. This character saved my life. And when you understand that as part of a storytelling industry, as a caretaker, you have a big responsibility. To take on that responsibility has to come from love. And if we're talking about a quality, I would say an essential quality to being an editor is to be a people person. If you're not a people person, it's going to be very difficult to be a good editor. You can be an excellent story editor, but you have to communicate with people. So you have to be a people person. And those are some of the things that have gotten me to where I am now. And honestly, in any given career, in any given field, you never stop learning. There is no point where you can say, okay, I understand it all. I don't need to learn anything more. It's always a learning process. You have to be open to that. Today's guest is Jason Inman. Jason is the writer of the comic Jupiter Jet, the showrunner's assistant on the code, and host at geekhistorylesson.com. Be honest. I see too many Kickstarters. One is go look at Kickstarter. Look at other projects. And if you like the idea, if you like the setup or the layout of what, how a project looks, steal it. Because we all steal from the best. There's that theory out there that there are only actually seven stories and we just all repeat them. So that's like basically stealing anyway. So if you see a comic book project out there that you or a comic book Kickstarter that you love, you love the design, you love the rewards, mimic it. Like take it because you're you're stealing from the you're stealing from the greats. Also, uh, the biggest mistake I see on Kickstarter is, and this goes really into being honest, is your funding amount. Be honest with your funding amount. If you are a person on Twitter who has less than a thousand followers, and let's say you don't have a YouTube channel, you don't really have a, a really solid audience. You're just on Twitter to be on Twitter and you're having fun. And that's fine. You can totally be on Twitter. You can use Twitter however the hell you want to use it. But if you go to Kickstarter and your goal is $200,000, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, friend, you're never going to fund that campaign. And, and I hate to say it, but I see more campaigns like that than I do of people going on Kickstarter and being like, I just need $2,000. Everybody thinks Kickstarter is the money, the ever-flowing money machine. And it's not. It's, it's you going to a person. Imagine you're in a store somewhere. You see a random stranger. You tap that stranger on the shoulder and you say, hey, I got this book. Would you want to buy it? 
and they either say yes or no. That's basically the physical representation of Kickstarter. Today, we've got Charles Pulliam Moore on the line. Uh, Charles is a writer at io9 and Gizmodo, and he is a comic book aficionado. Writers are like, whatever. Like, I'm sure we can all be cliched at times, but no, yeah. writers are working for people. I'm sure, like, look to your left, look to your right. You probably looked at two writers just now. You have mm-hmm. writers in your family. Um, I think the idea of what it means to be, like, a writer has changed somewhat. Like, we are people who have a particular interest or passion for something. Um, that we have spun out into a career that lets us investigate and unpack, you know, those things that are tangentially related to that core interest in interesting and fascinating ways. And I think that that's ultimately what we are all kind of trying to do with our writing is to just like learn and share information. And then in order to really make whatever you read at that next level mean anything, you have to broaden, you know, you have to broaden the space in which you're really sort of thinking about the characters. Um, and so when I'm writing, oftentimes the first thing that I, like the thing that I'm doing, you know, first 45 minutes to an hour is just like consuming more stuff. Right. Right. Just like taking notes, like refamiliarizing myself with things, um, seeing if what I'm writing has been written already. Right. Like that's the shit that not like we all live in fear of, but it happens. Today on the show, we've got Michael Kogi, a screenwriter, author, provocateur, Jedi challenges, game writer. The Last Jedi, TFA, Batman, Fantastic Beasts, Empire of the Wolf books. It's little, little right places at little right times. It's, 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 it's not, more uh, just based on work and time. Yeah, it's, just ba- it's based on work and it's based on, okay, you do this work, you're invited to this, this event. At this event, you meet this person because you had done this work. And that person comes back to you months later with a request. Okay. Then you work on that project and that gets you somewhere else. You meet somebody else, someone new, and then you start, you start going on, on that journey. And not all these, these things are, a lot of these things are dead ends. So as a writer too, and you see this with a lot of writers, you can end up nowhere, you know, it's all, it's over. You end up at a dead end. Totally. Um, so your, your, your job as a writer is to keep finding uh, the path to keep moving uh, because uh, there, there's so many people who want to do what you want to do, right? And everybody's chomping at the bit to, to get there. And how much energy do you have to, to, to keep going? Because it, take, it does take a lot of energy. Today's guest is Matthew Southworth. Matthew is an artist, writer, and musician. Matthew has illustrated projects such as Stumptown, a modern noir series written by Greg Rucka, Spider-Girl, Spider-Man, and Thunderbolts, all published by Marvel Comics, uh, X-Files, published by IDW, and several stories for Dark Horse Comics, uh, all of which he also wrote, uh, among other things. For me, the most valuable things as a musician or as a graphic artist or as a writer any of that stuff is when i wrote something or drew something and i meant it um the job and the pay that you get are not the goal they're the they're the almost uh they're the byproduct of what you do you're being paid to do something meaningful or not being paid to do something meaningful, whatever it is. So 
if you're not going to get paid, you might as well do something meaningful instead of bullshitting. And if you are getting paid, when you do do something meaningful, the people that read it will respond to it in such a way that you, you develop fans, you know, and the fans that you find, they become more like friends. So to put that in a simple, you know, one sentence form, I guess, is to say, like, do it like you mean it, because if you don't, you're wasting your life. Today's guest is Brandon Amon. Uh, Brandon is the head writer and executive producer of the new Star Wars animated television series, uh, Star Wars Resistance, as well as TMNT 2012. He's also a filmmaker and a Marvel writer known for Iron Man, Avengers, Spider-Man, and various Marvel DTVs. Don't give up. Like, don't. If this is what you really want, if you really want to do this, don't give up. Keep writing and writing and writing and writing. Like, I had... I had, like, before I even got anywhere, like, I had, like, 10 features that I had written, like, 10, and none of them even got optioned, like, until it was down the line. Then I started, like, you know, but I, for, for, for a few years, I sat, like, several years, I just sat on these scripts, and you have to write to entertain yourself. Like, for me, it was, like, I had to do it, like, and it was also a form of escape. And it was just like, and I, and I just figured, hey, if nobody reads this, I'm reading it, and I'm learning, and I'm just enjoying it, like. Like you, you have to do it for yourself first, you know, you, and, and that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And you just can't give up. Like you can't, if, if you feel like, um, oh, I don't know if this is for me or, um, you know, I'm getting frustrated. I don't want to do this anymore. It's just like, well, you've already picked your path. Like you've already, now you're on that path. You're on the path of saying, oh, I don't think it's going to work out for me. And I'm just going to eventually give up and I'm going to work for whatever job that I don't really want to work because I want to write. Like you've got to like, even if it takes you, like, if this is what you truly want, even if it takes you 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I know it sounds like, oh, I don't want to, you know, but, you know, it, that, that's, that's what you have to do. Like, that's, you have to become obsessed with it so it becomes your life work, even if you're not getting money for it. If I wasn't getting paid, I would still be writing, like, and, and, and holding down, like, whatever job I could to make as much time as I could for writing. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed all of these insights from uh, the various guests we've had from episodes one through episodes 24. Hope you took something away from those. Really appreciate you listening and thank you to our guests. Really appreciate all of your various insights. Look forward to seeing you next week as we have our 26th episode and our our first panel episode with Alan Dean Foster, Michael Kogi, getting them back on the show to talk what it means to be a Star Wars writer and how things have changed from different generations of Star Wars writers. Thanks again for your support and for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.